Hey everybody, I'm Rima. And I'm Jason. And this is Strange Indeed, a podcast dedicated to the show Lock and Key. Today we'll be covering the third episode of season one called Head Games. I was going to ask you something about this episode. Mm-hmm. Shoot, I forgot what it was. Oh, I guess I was just going to ask if you, what your headspace would be like. <laughs> Probably a place nobody wants to go. Um, I don't Dark know. with it, cobwebs and slime. Lot, <laughs> no, that's gross. No, it would it would be dark, dark and twisty. It's and private. Probably, that's the thing about it. I think my the inside of my head would be like a maze that you'd never never like find you your get way turned out. Turned around. <laughs> yeah, and I never, mean, just never figure it out. One thing you know what I thought if that key popped up. And, you know, I had friends around or anybody else. I'd be like, let me go in there and check it out. And then, you know, maybe I'll let you in. But I got to see what it's all about first. (laughs) I wouldn't want to just go in for the first time with somebody else, you know, just in case. Yeah. Who knows what the hell's in there. I'd be afraid of what would be. I would be afraid for someone going in my head. So, yeah, I I don't feel... um, the first time around should be with someone else. I definitely want to go by myself and be like, okay, do we really want to let someone in here? Probably not. <laughs> <laughs> Probably not. It would be, um, I'm thinking of like the, um, like an episode of Legion or something like the most trippy episode of Legion, or maybe that episode, um, with David and, uh, Sydney, episode season two episode mm-hmm. four i think it was one of our favorite episodes that we that um is always mentioned yeah i don't know how many people listening watch that show but definitely this episode made me think about it a lot because it's taking these psychological concepts and turning them into these real physical surreal kind of spaces and objects and things like that and i really you know we reem and i both love that show we did our separate podcast all about it for three seasons and um that was one reason why i really liked this episode because i just like that kind of stuff i think it's really interesting i'm always into psychology and i just think it's really interesting when they turn it into something physical that people can actually explore and manipulate yeah yeah that's what i thought of a lot and um that's just, I think, a good way to get people to go watch Legion. So go watch, <laughs> go watch. It's if over now. If you like now. this it's episode, like, yeah, yeah. If you, you like this episode, it. you should definitely watch watch Legion. It was Legion's awesome because it's three uh, three seasons. It's really creative and different, and it's uh, you know a whole story all wrapped up fairly quickly. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. It will make you feel schizophrenic. So if you <laughs> really don't want that, maybe you shouldn't watch it. <laughs> but in a really good, fun way, if you can think of being schizophrenic in a really fun, um, entertaining way. <laughs> I know, know some know people Holly. were disturbed <laughs> in that first season. They're like, they're kind of thrown off balance, but I loved it. And it, it really did come around to being a little more uh, straightforward. Season two is mostly a romance and it's great. Yeah, really good. So, yeah, 
that's it's always good to talk a little bit about Legion. I really do miss that show since it wrapped. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, with that being said, let's go ahead and start talking about this episode with our top five. So do you want to kick us off this week with your number five? Sure. Uh, let's talk about how the head key works. I'd been waiting for yes. this one. I was hoping, you know, I think it comes a little later, not later, later, but not right away in the comic series. But I think they kind of moved it up here a little bit. Right. So I'm glad that they wanted to explore it. And, um, so let's talk about it. So we've only seen it work yeah. so far with Bodhi and Kinsey. And here are, are some of the different characteristics. First, you obviously stick it in your head, a doorway that makes sense for your head space opens up for Bodhi. It's a toy chest for Kinsey. It's a revolving door, presumably like you'd find outside a mall leading into a mall. Mm-hmm. Then you enter a space that makes sense, I guess, for your personality or your state of mind. So, Bodhi has all these flashing lights and big toys and blocks <laughs> and a big hippo and this uh, look like a hungry hippo like one yeah. of the hungry hungry hippos <laughs> with his mouth wide open a toy sports car and he's st- they're like this is awesome they're all stoked um, except for Tyler who's a little seems a little concerned but uh, this part I I enjoyed and I think um, the music that I've complained about actually fit this part pretty well because Mm -hmm. some, one of the listeners said it well, it's like Harry Potter music. I think Lindsay said that. And this was kind of a Harry Potter scene just filled with wonder, you know, Mm -hmm. it's not supposed to be eerie or scary at all. So it really fit with that. It's when it kills the tension that is when it, when I don't like it. But anyway, I didn't notice it as much uh, this episode. So anyway, Kinsey's is more like a mall, I guess, because she's a teenager and although that's a bit outdated these days, malls are disappearing. But anyways, um, I thought it was pretty cool that that meant there was a map to stuff. And you see, I, I looked at the list. It's mostly, uh, I think, about memories. Ninth grade, dad memories, climbing trees with Ty. Uh, worst Halloween's, <laughs> Yeah. Bad hair days. Boys I like, boys I don't like. All kinds of stuff like that. Magic keys? Mm-hmm. Question mark. I wish she would have gone to that one. But um, lies I've told. There's pretty cool uh, times I laughed until I cried. And I like that she said it's so organized. And he's like, even your head is a control freak. So it it makes <laughs> sense for her head. Mine would not be like that. Mine would not either. <laughs> <laughs> so um, then you know, speaking of memories, it, it at least. It, in Kinsey and Bodie's, it was sort of similar. In her, in his, he opened up that Jack in the Box, and in hers, there were just these kind of glowing cubes. But you visit a memory, and you, for Bodie, he he visited the time his dad told him a bedtime story, and they were all just there, like they're in the space. But I noticed um, Kinsey tried to touch her father, and her hand went right through him. Uh, and I've been doing so much VR lately. It really reminded me of that, except in much higher resolution. It looked more real. Mm. So um, then, but then another characteristic is that when Kinsey starts thinking about Tyler, cause she's looking at little Tyler in bed, she jumps to where he's hitting that guy. And so I guess if you um, think about something, you can jump to a different space, which is scary that's one reason that might give me pause to go in there because you could end up anywhere um 
Another characteristic, Bodhi says feelings can become living things there. So he sees glee, his glee jumping up and down on the trampoline going, yeah, so that was super cute. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then Kinsey meets the personification of her fear, which mm-hmm. it was interesting. It wasn't like an afraid thing. It was a mean, aggressive version of herself that attacked Tyler. And my, well, why do you think it, her personification of fear did that? I think. Well, I I don't know that I'm right, but what I got from it is that because her fear is such a strong part of her and who she is right now, that it just took over. Like that's mm. that's the strongest so, part of her yeah, right so now. Pow- it's so it's so consuming power. right now. Yeah. Interesting. I think yeah. I didn't think of that, but I think there's definitely something to that. I also thought maybe it's kind of like when you back a cat again into a corner, it just it's oh, back goes like, up and it's like, you know, yeah, like fight yeah. or flight response in a protective, yeah, in a protective yeah. mode, yeah, like it was trying to and somehow protect her or something. Well, I it was attacking her, but I just think that was sort of like the fear response, you know, sometimes mm-hmm. the fear response is to attack. Oh, yeah, that makes Maybe. sense, but yeah. um. Then, so those are the characteristics. The uh, last thing about that I thought was interesting is Bodhi wants to use it on Tyler or Kinsey right away, right away, and they're like, "No, no, no." And I like that he's like, "What's the point of having magic keys if we can't even use them?" <laughs> exactly. And last week, you and me were saying, "Well, if we had that, if the mirror key was our first introduction to this, we might be a little more cautious." But I'm glad that Tyler Bodhi has this attitude because it's way more fun. <laughs> and he's a little kid, so he's a little kid. Sense. Yeah, I feel like he's, I don't know how old the actor is in real life. I haven't looked it up, but I think in the show, he's supposed to be only like, what, six or something. Um, so that's yeah, I would I mean, guess how you would expect yeah, a six-year-old. Maybe, you know, yeah. he's having a blast. He's like, hey, my head's an awesome place to be. So, <laughs> right. <laughs> <you know? laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's cool. So, so I love that they're taking their time with this. And right now they've only used it pretty much to just explore their head spaces and, and revisit memories. But now Kinsey's buried her fear and possibly killed it. So I think it'll be interesting to see what happens next. But anyway, mm-hmm. um, we don't get to see that yet. Not yet. I, I, I don't know. I still I'm still working my way through the comics and and things are just a little bit different, um, which I won't talk about here. But, you know, I, I feel like that was too, maybe too easy. So I I feel like that's probably going to come rearing its ugly head mm-hmm. sometime down the road. But yeah, like next, like later tonight when we're done with this podcast. We get to watch it. <laughs> you know, that was a really good personification of fear. I mean, um, how it had like these inhuman type movements and it was kind of menacing. And, mm-hmm. you know, the way uh, that, you know, she kind of shifted and presented herself and, you know, all that was kind of just kind of freaky. I'd, I'd be scared. So. <laughs> <laughs> like that was coming after me. Tyler was right to be scared. He's like, what the hell? <laughs> yeah. And it was, I mean, it, it was interesting, you know, she went in there to get it at the end and that was brave. Like mm-hmm. that's scary, man. I don't know if I would be brave enough to do that. So it's, it's sort of weird. Like it's kind of a paradox. Like she wants to kill her fear and she has to be really courageous in order to do it before it's killed. But um, she poked it with that poker the first time. So mm-hmm. I think she, that was sort of cathartic for her because she was all down on herself because the first time when she was sitting in that room with the tart plastic, whatever she wanted to use the poker, but was paralyzed. But anyway, I'm going, I'm getting way ahead of myself. I was actually done with my number five. 
It's okay. It's fun to talk these out. We could just sit here and just keep, yeah. you know, analyzing this whole thing uh-huh. for, for a long time. That was a really good number five. Um, and it's funny because that was a lot of what my number five was as well. Um, I was just kind of going through my notes. I know. we. You know, I even try to, like, mix some things up a little bit because I don't like to do my top five in, like, really in, in – particular order it's it's not like really number five and then working down to number one i just i have them numbered because that's what mm-hmm. we do um you know what but I, I did do? i did like i usually what? used to do the one that i'm most excited to talk about first even though it's number five just so i can make sure to get to it oh but that's some, that's a good idea but usually also there's an order that kind of makes sense <clears throat> like some things make sense more to talk about before you get to other things yeah but then when you get the other person in there that throws a wrench in the works and then it just goes in random directions, which is really fun too. (laughs) Yep. Well, we'll have to find a way to mix this up a little bit. And it's weird because we don't coordinate at all. You know, we just Mm -mm. do our lists and that's how it turns out. But the only additional things that I'll say is I really did, you know, I I thought it was appropriate. Like Bodhi's um, inside of his head was like an arcade, all fun and games. Saw Spyro. I love that he had like the Spyro video game kind of going in the back. Um, If I'm a huge fan of Spyro, my daughter, when she was little, it was like her absolute favorite game ever. So um, I have spent many, many hours with Spyro um, playing the game myself. Which one is that? What is it? The little, little dragon. Oh, little, I don't know if I ever played that. Oh, 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 I thought that man. was a console. It's a console game, right? Yeah, PlayStation. Yeah, yeah. No, oh, well, it might to. be on others, but we played it on PlayStation. Um, love Spyro. Little Spyro the Dragon. He's this <laughs> cool little badass. Um, spits fire and, and headbutts. Um, and you got to collect all the jewels and you can fly. Oh, it's amazing. Absolutely fun. Um, so I really love that. I thought that was Auto fun. In there. No, well, he's only six, and he was probably raised appropriately, whereas my six-year-old was playing Grand Theft Auto back in the day. Yes, I'm that parent. Um, But it's fine. Hey, she's turned out fine. She's not really running over people like she did in the video game, and she's not carjacking people, so she turned out fine. As far as you know. (laughs) As far as I know. I haven't had any phone calls to bail her out yet. So far, I've been successful, Um, so I'll take it. I'll take every day. Um. I, I thought it was fun how he accessed his memories with the Jack in the Box. I hated Jack in the Box as a kid, but this was a, a, a fun little way, I guess, to access. And nothing his memories. popped out. So nothing popped out. I didn't. Yeah, I didn't. I was not a fan. Um, but then Kinsey's, like you said, hers were very organized. Um, you know, where she could just like touch that box. I thought that was kind of cool how she could just touch it and that cube would kind of like pop out and she mm. would grab it. It was very futuristic and yeah. very colorful. It. I. This whole thing kind of reminded me a little bit of Maniac too. Did it eat yeah. at all? Yeah. A little bit. Yeah. I forget that you watched that show. Yeah, it was a good one. Yeah, it was really good. Sean and I really enjoyed that one. Um, it, it, I don't think enough people were talking about it or watching it, but yeah, it, it did have a little bit of a feel like mm-hmm. that. Going kind into of another, these surreal spaces. Yeah. And kind of trippy, little mind bending. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, that that's that's really good. I didn't think of that at all. I just I, I thought a lot about Legion um, for yeah. some reason in this episode. Um, I also like you were talking about how um, all of her like it was very organized and she had like all these uh, different stores uh, for each part of her like memories and, and for different parts of her, her brain. But then when she went into dad, you know, dad memories and that door opened and it was, you know, stories her dad told her um, there was also dad's music. I pretend to hate. 
And <laughs> I laughed so hard at that. My, and the reason I do is because it reminds me of my kid where she will, you know, um, because I like something, she might like it, but she won't admit it to me. She'll she'll hate it and tell me that she hates it, but she secretly likes it. Um, so I thought that was really funny. And I kind of giggled at that thinking, aha, there are kids, other kids that do that. Um <laughs> And then when they, and I think as far as like everything else that we talked about um, that that you mentioned in your top five, but I wanted to kind of skip ahead when they, when they come back out of Bodhi's head, you know, and Bodhi's like, you know, when Tyler takes the key away from him, he's like, I think I'm just going to hang on to these. You know, I don't think you, you should be the one to have them and you need to be telling us if you find any more keys. And, and when he talks about, you know, oh, there's evil well lady that's lurking around. They're just like. Oh, okay. They ask no questions. And I don't know if that's because they don't believe him um, or if they're just, they seem so dismissive of it. I guess it is because he's a little kid, but it's like no one believes a little kid and they're almost always right. Um, and I just feel like they're, they're pretty casual about the keys. Like they're just like, okay, yeah, we're just going to step into Bodhi's head. No big deal. Um, we're just going to step back out. Oh, there's an evil well lady. Um you know, I, I'm not feeling that. I see other people are like that too. And I don't, I, I guess I don't, it, it seems like they're kind of surprised and they had that experience with their mom where she doesn't remember it. So they were pretty freaked out by that. You know, then um, Kinsey was going on and on about it as they were getting to school the next day. And Tyler's like, everyone thinks we're weird already. Can we just not talk about that here? (laughs) So I I think it would be just, if they just kept registering, I can't believe this is happening. I can't believe this is happening. It would get old. And I think they're doing just enough. That's my own personal opinion, but I've definitely heard other, read other people share what you're saying right now too. Yeah. I don't know. I don't really, I don't know what I want or what I expect. I don't know if mm-hmm. I really have any expectations. I'm just, maybe I'm thinking of my own reaction. Like if I'm sitting here and yeah. I'm seeing like my little <laughs> brother, cause I, I have, you know, a little brother and you know, if I had walked in and saw him with a key sticking out of the back of his neck and he pops out of this toy chest out of nowhere, you know, in his room, I'd be like, what the freak is going on here? <laughs> you know, yeah. what are these keys? And you know, I, I, I think but that's probably that. me and my reaction. I don't I mean, know. I feel it's yeah, it's maybe. fine. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, that's don't just know. me, though. But yeah, I just felt I was like, gosh, I'd be freaking out. But that's my reaction. I, I know that not everyone reacts in the same way. It just feels like they're just like, oh, OK, yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, we'll just hang on to these keys. And if that well lady comes around, just let us know. I'm like, dude, she is like she's she's doing some pretty evil shit out there. Um, she's a threat. And. They like, don't oh, know okay. that though, but I think they do believe something because they're like, they don't want him to keep the keys, so they know that <laughs> there's possibly dangerous. But I think um, too that you know he's like telling her about the well lady just so they know that it's important to guard these keys, and so that Kinsey's like, well, here's what we're gonna do: uh, Tyler can keep the mirror key, and I'll take the head key. I think one reason why she did that is because whether she's consciously aware of it or not at this point, she's intrigued by it. She's like, Oh, I can use this to explore because I'm, I need some, uh, supernatural therapy right now. (laughs) Yeah. And I think she kind of wanted to see her dad too. It was kind of a way to Mm. 
see those yeah, memories yeah, a little yeah. bit of her dad. That's right. Yeah. Think about that. Yeah. yeah. And, and I'm sure we'll get to this, but Bodhi's using the ghost key for that too. So yeah. Yeah. They're all just sort of trying to take advantage of the weirdness of it all. Yeah, I would too. Okay. What's your number four? My number four is a bit long, but I really think that this episode is a lot about Kinsey dealing with her fear and having a lot of trouble with it. Mm-hmm. And uh, some signs of that are what happened with her and Scott. And I think Scott is obviously a really nice guy. He's cute. He's interesting. And I think she sees all that, but she's still really tentative about him. Mm-hmm. And when he asks her out to the cover band of horses <laughs> concert, <laughs> um, and she's like, well, wait, is this a date? And he says, no, that's antiquated. And I never make anyone feel obligated to social construct struck. So let's just call it a hang. What did you think of that response? I think he is picking up on her on, you know, how she's kind of being a little skittish mm-hmm. and he, I think he's trying to make her feel at ease. Um, cause I think he really likes her and I think he probably does want it to be a date. Um, but he's trying to, he's trying to make not, her feel comfortable, trying to yeah. make her feel comfortable and make her feel yeah. at ease and, and wants her to hang out with him. So, so you thought it was a good, I thought it was a good approach. Yeah, I did too. I totally yeah. do. I mean, totally. I think <laughs> I think in general that's a good approach because I actually agree it's not always smart to label things because you kind of get pressure to conform to the social idea of what it's supposed to be. But then I think sometimes uh, people can get mad at that. Like, come on, just call it a date. What What is this? You know, <laughs> but this wasn't one of those cases. This was a case where, like you said, she she was not comfortable and he wanted to make her feel comfortable and I think she appreciated that because she does like him and when he called her Rocky Road she smiled and it was really sweet and I think they have great chemistry yeah I think they they <laughs> if they make it there they would you know make a, a, a cute couple he he really mm-hmm. seems sweet on her and he nice does I think seem to kind of put her at ease and like yeah. you said he did he did kind of Makes make her, her feel comfortable. laugh there yeah. yeah. So she tells her mom that she doesn't want to go because she doesn't want to screw it up. And um, she feels guilty, I think, about screwing up the splattering. And mm-hmm. and before that, she freaked out while they were watching a movie. So she's already had a couple of incidents. And both of those things go back to her just still being freaked out about what happened about her dad, which is at the core of all this. I mean, that whole thing just really shook her foundations and it's mm-hmm. having a negative impact on her life. And she's just, you know, she's, she's got a lot of fear and, and her mother, her mother says she overthinks everything. So I think maybe she already kind of had some of this going on before that, but that whole thing really exacerbated it and it's like a mm-hmm. post-traumatic disorder thing now. Yeah. And it's only been three months. Right. You know, since yeah. they've lost their dad and now they've lost their dad and then they've moved across the country to a place right. in new school. And so there's a lot and all going this on. freaky crap going on. But now, I mean, it's just really fortuitous that Bodhi happened to find this head key because it's a way I mean, she decides she wants to use it and she's afraid, but um, she she still wants to. And I think it's because she, well, you said she wanted to visit her dad. So maybe that's a big part of it. But I was thinking also, she just wants to see if she can figure out her, like a therapy, you know, just Mm -hmm. kind of 
see if she can get any intuition on how to get out of this fear spiral that she's in. Mm-hmm. I thought you know? that too. I thought that too, but I thought a big part of it was also see your dad. But yeah, yeah I think you're, you're right with that too. Yeah. And that's what I love that. I mean, I'm, I'm really interested. I think it's admirable, you know, it's like going to therapy or just doing self-help or, you know, mm-hmm. when you feel like you're not at your best. And so you do some self-exploration and figure out where you could use some, some work or some change or whatever. That's kind of the supernatural version of that. But, um, anyway, she goes, uh, she goes in, she meets her, personification of fear which i think was the most important thing that happened that first time and i also think it's significant that she invited uh or she was okay with tyler going in there with her it shows she has trust in him but also that maybe she was afraid to go by herself but then she does mm-hmm. go by herself like she she almost gets up the courage to go to the concert where scott she even shows up backs out at the last second and i think that's when she decided i'm gonna go in there and i'm gonna kill my fear so i can freaking function in the world right and we don't get to see her do it, but we see it wriggling around in that bag that she zipped it up in and she has a bloody knife. So maybe she stabbed it a few times, but it seems like it's still alive, but then she buries it. So I don't know if it's dead, but I think at least for now it's buried. Mm-hmm. And is she in the real world when we saw that? Cause she was in a forest, but we saw um, the well lady there spying on her. I think, I thought she was. I yeah. thought she dragged. Yeah, I thought she dragged was like. Dragged it out. Yeah, dragged it out of her because she needs it out of her head. Right. You know, yeah. she wants. Yeah. I so right. I, I think she's dragged it through that door from her head and dragged it out um, because as long as it's somewhere in her head, like I don't, I don't know if she knows of a place where you can. I mean, maybe if she thought it's her head, I guess she can construct it however she likes. You know, and and lock it in some dark room or something and and not have it out lurking about like it was but i guess this is more of a physical taking it literally out of her head yeah i think that i don't think we can know for sure i guess there's a chance that i'm calling her the well lady now because that's what everybody's calling her that she followed her through the um, revolving door into her own head but i think we're supposed to think that no kinsey drug it out of there yeah. And buried it outside. She, she, she wasn't in a mall space, so yeah. I assume she's in the in the real world that we're not actually in her head. But you know, and you know, you talk about that, and I I agree with all of that, and I I just wonder though, Kinsey just doesn't have more courage than what she gives herself credit for. You know, she she seems she you know really puts herself down and talks about how fearful she is like when they were revisiting the memory that she had of when sam lesser after they after he had shot their dad and shot their mom and she's hiding under the table with Bodie trying to stay quiet and she's like you know I saw that poker and I could have grabbed it um, and, and went after him and I didn't you know talking about how scared that she, you know how scared she was um, but she was you know she showed enough courage to, you know, like you said, she went in and decided, you know, I'm going to take charge of the situation. I, like you said, she knew she needed to make herself better um, and, and make improvements on herself. And I think this is kind of an extreme way of, of going about it. Like yeah. literally killing oh, your yeah. fear. I think, I think a healthy <laughs> dose of fear is always a good thing right. to have in some situations. So I feel like it's, you know, this may not go as well as what she thinks, but I feel mm. like I'm like, you know, Hey Kinsey, I think you're, you, you're probably a little bit more courageous than what you give yourself credit for. I think that was a brave thing for her to do. And, oh, yeah. well, and just brave to take that step. 
brave to like actually take that step and say, I'm going to go do something about it. One, that's brave. And then two, to actually face her, her actual personification of fear and, you know, take over it. So yeah. Like if you don't have fear, uh, what's to stop you from walking out into traffic? <laughs> I mean, exactly. uh, you know, like, yeah, the, ho- I'm hoping this doesn't go exactly the way, you know, everything's all peachy keen from here on out. That would be really boring, but I'm excited to see what happens. Mm-hmm. I agree. Is that it for your number four? Yep. I like it. That was really good. Really good analysis. I should have been a psychologist, Jason. That was pretty good. I thought about it. (laughs) (laughs) Too much school, right? (laughs) No, I just thought it would be depressing (laughs) to hear about everybody's problems all the time. And I would just get depressed myself and they'd be like, yeah, it really sucks. And I'd be like, it really does suck. God. (laughs) Don't think you could like be impartial and like detach yourself. I don't know. I would hope I could, but I wasn't sure. So yeah, I'm (laughs) sure it probably is probably is a very difficult profession i'm sure um well that was really good so my number four if you're going to talk about kinsey i want to talk a little bit about tyler i don't know if i'll have as much to say but i you know i'm hoping that you will um, or at least have some thoughts on that as well so i think we've we talked in some of the other episodes we've talked a little bit about tyler and his anger that he seems to be feeling and Kinsey brings it up a lot too, you know, like you're not the Tyler that I know and I don't know who you yeah. are and you're that scaring me. That makes more me. sense this week. Yeah, this definitely. Time. And, yeah. and the guilt, you know, that he is also feeling as well. Like, so we get a more like clear picture of why when we see the scene that he has with Sam Lesser after you know, he's waiting outside of his dad's office and Sam comes up and, you know, they have that, um, you know, discussion and, when Sam says, oh, I can't tell you how many times I wake up thinking I got to kill my dad today. And he says it very straight faced. And of course, Tyler is just, you know, not really looking at him. Not really. Yeah. And he's just kind of like, you know, oh, yeah, well, if you ever decide to kill your dad, do me a favor, kill mine while you're at it. And he's Sam's like, oh, OK. Yeah. OK. And then, of course, we know what happens. He does. Yeah. He breaks it. He doesn't really break in, I guess. But he, you know he does kill his dad and then you're like okay now i'm definitely kind of getting that clear picture of of that guilt that he feels and i think then that kind of played out in that scene where he starts beating up that other hockey player that chad yeah guy and he's beating him up he and saw then his he face. sees sam's, sam's face, face yeah and I think that, you know, that's just where all of that just got kind of all bubbling to the surface. He's angry mm-hmm. because he's, you know, he feels responsible and, you know, for kind of what Sam did. I think he has guilt for that. I think he also had some guilt from when he, we saw in the first episode when Tyler comes home and he sees Sam holding the gun, you know, to his father and he's banging on the door, you know, mom, let me in, let me in. Um he, we hear his mom say, you know, when they thought it was Tyler at the door, but it was really Sam. She's like, oh, it's Tyler. He probably forgot his key again. Um, and, you know, his dad's saying something like, oh, he you know, needs to be more responsible. And she's like, oh, just give him a break, you know. Um, well, if he had had his key, you know, he wouldn't be banging on the door. He might have been able to come in and distract mm-hmm. Sam or something. So I think that was also playing a part into his guilt that maybe if he had not been irresponsible and forgot which we all do i mean it's nothing he should feel guilty over but you know something we all do but that's probably the thoughts that are going in his head if i'd remembered my key that day i could have gotten into the house i could have distracted him 
wouldn't have shot my parents. Yeah, I mean, he's. And, I, that's what I thought. That's what we thought. All his guilt was from before mm-hmm. this episode, but now we realize there's this other thing where Sam's. Yeah. Maybe he thinks he accidentally told Sam to kill his dad. Mm-hmm. Well, and then we keep hearing also. I mean, his. You know, in every episode, they're really pushing how much Tyler and his dad was not getting along. You know, we've yep. seen that. You know, we've seen how they've been abrasive towards each other, and Tyler's been resistant. You know, to you know, whenever he his dad asks him to be friends with Sam, and he's like, you know, I'm not really asking you, and he's kind of forcing that on him. And apparently, they for you know for months had been you know in disagreement with each other. So. And I'm sure that and then his dad ends up dying. And of course, you know, you always kind of wish, you know, if I had known that something was going to happen, I would have fixed my relationship with them. I would have done better and I wouldn't have, you know, carried on or acted that way. And so I'm sure he has guilt over that as well. Like, why Mm -hmm. did I have to fight and argue with my dad? Um, Just like when Kinsey was saying uh, when they were watching her dad. Uh, tell her the bedtime story when she was a little girl and her dad asks he's like oh do you want another story and she's like no I don't think so and she starts to kind of fall asleep yeah, and he wish. just laughs and she, she goes I wish I'd asked for another um, yeah and the whole the whole bedtime story thing I, mm-hmm. I wasn't sure exactly what to make of that but how the three kids got different versions and, mm-hmm. I have some thoughts about um, that in my next you know um, uh Bodhi did we don't know if he got a different version because he keeps falling asleep mm-hmm. but th- this part kind of relates to what you're just saying because um you know Kinsey gets the nice version where the sea monster eats everyone but then barfs them all back up and they're fine and because the fisherman did a nice thing and gave all the gold to their family members right but mm-hmm. Tyler gets what he considers the dark version where his dad is saying, uh, you know, the, the sea monster kills everybody and then makes the fisherman stay there. So he'll remember what he always did with the pain he caused. And the dad says the past is always with us, Tyler. You can try to run away, but it's always there. And I'm like, why is he telling, why is he getting on Tyler for that? Was it something that, Tyler did that made his dad think he had to teach him that lesson uh, versus Kinsey just maybe her lesson is make sure to be kind but with Tyler it's you gotta always remember not to mess up because your past is with you or something like that but then when I uh, I watched it the second time I noticed that his dad seemed to be more talking to himself and we know that he has this weird crazy past with whatever happened in high school where his friends drowned. And I think probably the keys had something to do with it. So maybe Mm -hmm. he's being, he's hard on his dad is hard on himself. That was the impression I got, but he's kind of taking it out on his son. And when Tyler is um, talking to Sam earlier, he's complaining about, he says, I can't ever make a mistake. Every little thing becomes a moral lesson, which um, sort of hit home with me because I remember feeling that way with my mom resentful of it. Why does everything have to be, you know, you telling me how wrong I am and what I need to learn. But now as a parent, I'm doing that with my own eight-year-old son and <laughs> he's already got that eyes glazed over look when I start trying to teach him something. And I'm like, but yes. I want to be able to teach you everything I've learned, you know? And he's like, Ugh. so I'm on both sides of it. But anyway, it feels like uh, to me that Tyler's dad, Rendell, had some of his own issues and he was kind of unconsciously working it out by being hard on his son. That's what I got out of all of that. Mm -hmm. 
I'm glad I'm not the only one that gets that glazed over look. <laughs> I feel like when you're, when you're the kid, you're the teenager, and, yeah. and you start getting that, and you're like, oh my gosh. And then you swear that if you ever have kids, you are not going to do that. But I guarantee you that I have done that to my kid. She's grown now. She's an adult. I haven't stopped doing it, by the way, because um, I feel like there's always a lesson <laughs> to be learned. She hates that so much. She, she'll just look at me and just be like, can I just mess up, please? Can I, like, why does everything have to be some moral story? And I'm like, no, we yeah. got to learn from this. And how are we going to do better next? Because <laughs> I'm like, I'm, for me, I'm like, man, I really suffered through years, and and then I figured something out, and it made my life so much easier. And if I just tell it to you right now, then you won't have to suffer like I did. But, but they have, they have to learn way. the hard way. You got to yeah. learn the hard way. Yeah, that's I think the only way I learned. And yeah, you think that you're going to pass on this great knowledge that you know I learned these lessons, so you don't have to learn them. I'm going to teach them to you. But now, my kid still has to, you know, hopefully. She's learned something. She has done better than yeah. me. She's got a better track record sometimes than me so far. So I, I feel like they're it's listening. Successful. They're listening yeah. more than they might let on sometimes. I feel like at least if I'm if I'm getting through fifty percent of the time, then I'm I'm doing pretty good. If she if she gets yeah, just gains oh yeah. 50% if I could get I fifty, her, I'd be stoked. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm feeling I'm feeling pretty good about that. I know I'm not, you know, completely penetrating that head of hers she's very stubborn i don't know where she gets it from um but yeah i I get that too but what i got from that and this is actually it's my number number three so Mm. i I don't want to jump jump over your your number three because it's your turn but um what i got from the different storytelling was i feel the theme that we're kind of getting through like some of the book and, and through the books, and I won't talk about anything in the book specifically, but I feel like what the idea is, is that memories are unreliable. And we get that because each of them are recalling a slightly different version. And I feel like that happens in real life. You know, you talk to two people about the same, you know, if you ask two people to, you know, who went through the same experience and you get almost like two different versions, people remember it differently. And I think you had more of a deeper um, thought process to it, which makes sense. Um, but to me, it was just to kind of demonstrate that how memories can be unreliable. Um, mm. Well, it made me think, yeah, I don't know. I didn't even consider that because I think this one reason why is it immediately reminded me of this scene in Walking Dead that stuck out with me, which was in season one, I think episode four, we see Andrea and her sister Amy floating on a boat in the quarry where they all were. Yes, and, and they got two different. Yeah, they're talking about them their dad taking them fishing, mm-hmm. and they're like, "He did this kind of lure." No, no, he did these kinds, and then it turns out that he taught Andrea how to make sure to catch the fish, and that it was about taking them home and eating them. But with Amy, they would always throw the fish back, mm-hmm. which I'm like, and and he knew that eventually. Amy's like, well, he knew that you needed to catch the fish and I needed to throw them back. And that was the first time they realized that their dad had done something different just based on their different needs. So mm-hmm. I was like mapping that onto this, but I, I, that could have totally steered me wrong. I don't know. <laughs> no, I think that's right. I thought of that too. I thought the same thing. I was like, mm. oh, well, he's telling them a different version because he knows his kids well enough that that's the version that they need to hear for some reason. They may yeah. not know that But I now, think it's a but... little more um, path pathological with Tyler because the way at least the dad delivered it to him it looked like he wasn't even 
paying that much attention to Tyler and he was more talking to himself. Yeah. Like he drifted off sticks with you. Yeah. 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 <laughs> totally. Yeah. I, I, I like what you said though, but that's, that's just where I was. Cause I feel like, mm. you know, I've, I've kind of seen that before, you know, where you, you get kind memory, of, yeah. yeah, your memory is not always reliable and people remember things very differently. You'll hear different versions from, you know, you can see the same thing happening, you know, you get five people watching the exact same thing, but then you get different versions from each person. So that's kind of like what it was for totally. me. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, sorry, I totally skipped ahead on your numbers. So what, oh what no, was that's words? okay because I kind of <laughs> skipped ahead myself. But that's let's okay. have that be my number three too. So it's you go ahead. Oh, skipping right ahead. <laughs> skip, skip, skipping along. Uh, well, my number two. Then I wanted to talk about Bodie and the Ghost Key. So. Mm. This was really cool. I was looking forward. So I know we, we were both really stoked about getting to see the head key and how that was going to work. And um, just that was what we were both anticipating. But this was my second one. This was my runner up so far was the ghost key. Um, and it was pretty much like I had imagined it to be uh, from from the comic. So I, I think they did a pretty good job. I had a little bit of an issue, just a, a tiny. It's It didn't really take me out of it or anything but the cgi Bodhi was a little off i don't know did it was it a little weird to you somebody else said that me? too i think it was Pake or i forget but um i thought it was cool it didn't look like it did in the book it kind of reminded mm-hmm. me of the sandman from spider-man 3 which i thought was hmm. a cool effect at the time even though the movie wasn't great but um <laughs> i don't know like w- what did you think was was wrong with it just look too just CGI or something? Too CGI. Hmm. Like, you know, his face didn't quite look like his face. Like, it, I look, had to look for a moment like that. It's Bodie, right? Because um, <laughs> I feel like I had a, a pretty good feel for, for what the kid looks like. But it, he just, I don't know. Um, it wasn't it wasn't bad. It was just maybe a little overdone. But maybe, you know, I mean, he's a ghost. So maybe it's appropriate, you know. Maybe, you know. That's that's the effect that they were going for. It wasn't bad. It was just maybe a little over the top because it, maybe it's like, oh, well, maybe that's why they didn't do the head key like they did in the comic because they spent all their CGI on the ghost part. Bodie's <laughs> <laughs> a ghost. I don't know. But anyway, it was still fun. You know, it was really fun as he slips through the door and sees himself lying there. I think that was really well done and what I fully expected to happen. It's exactly how I imagined it to be. And he, I just thought that was like a typical kind of kid reaction. And he's like, I'm floating. Yeah. Um, And what I liked about the head key, I mean the ghost key in the, in the comic. And I think it kind of came across in the show too, is it's simultaneously kind of like, Oh wow. Suddenly he's got this freedom to fly around and, and it's like adventurous, but also this little kid's limp body is laying on the floor and that's a little yes. creepy. <laughs> Very creepy. Very creepy. Yeah. So I thought it was totally appropriate, you know, what you would expect a little kid to I think I, I'm an adult and I think I would be doing the exact same thing. So I think it's appropriate yeah. no matter what. Woo. If you've got, woo, you know, and you're swishing through the trees <laughs> and then he's, st- you know, kind of floating in front of Tyler. Hey, Tyler, look at me. I'm a ghost. <laughs> so cute. Mm-hmm. I love that kid. He's so yeah, adorable. He's so good. Um, but then he comes across this graveyard, swoops down, and 
ends up encountering his great great grandpa and has this little encounter with him and i'm the only thing i'm wondering this whole time is why the heck didn't he tell bodie uh, a little bit more about the danger of the keys i mean i don't know if he does later or if this ever comes back later maybe it doesn't but i'm like dude you know he just talks about you know oh i met your dad um he used to come visit me quite often him and duncan and i was like so Duncan has done some stuff, but Duncan like has forgotten everything. Um, apparently, yeah. Apparently, anyway, he says that he, yeah, he doesn't remember anything. So I I am so far taking taking that at face value. Yeah, me so too. So I thought, oh, okay, so they, you know, Bodhi gets that little piece of information. I feel like we need to kind of file that away. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, because that, like he now knows that the two that his dad and uncle use the keys. And so for us, that just sort of reinforces to me that I think the keys were probably involved with whatever happened to everybody in high school. Mm -hmm. It seems pretty clear that they were, that'd be kind of crazy if they weren't. Yeah. Yeah. I would, I would agree with that. Um, And I thought it was, you know, a nice little encounter that he had with his grandpa. He seems like a nice old man. Um, Mm -hmm. But then when he gets back, back you know which it was funny by the way whenever he comes back and tyler is like you know oh my god bodie bodie and he's trying to you know wake him up and bodie comes back into his body and he jumps up and scared the hell out of tyler i thought that was a really yeah, great reaction awesome. <laughs> very appropriate <laughs> and i thought looked very authentic so that was really good um but when he's getting in trouble again little bodie again like you know you're supposed to tell us if you find any more keys and you can't just go using them you know we don't know what's going to happen and it just poor little Bodie, his reaction. He's like, you know, well, I just wanted to see dad again, you know, mm-hmm. thought it would be a chance to see dad. And it was like, oh man, that's just a little kid. You know, it's all like he's Bodie's, you know, always seems to be, you know, we talked, I think last week about how the kids are each in their own way, kind of dealing, you know, with the, the trauma of losing their father and going through the, the process of grieving and, and moving into a new home and how Tyler's handling it, how Kenzie's handling it. And, and Bodie seems, you know, to just kind of go with the flow and he's a happy go lucky kid and he's having a good time in this new house and he's exploring and he's finding these keys. And then this moment for me just kind of brought it all back like, oh, just a little kid that just really misses his dad. And just At first know. I thought, oh, well, wait a minute. You were flying around saying, I'm flying. You weren't looking for your dad. You're just saying that to get some sympathy. <laughs> but then I realized, well, oh, no, that's why he went straight to the cemetery. Because he was mm-hmm. maybe looking for his dad. So yeah. I, I was being cynical. <laughs> Happens to the best of us. Because I was wondering, why did, why did you go to the cemetery? But, yeah, I think he was probably looking for his dad. And we find out that only those who died on the property roam there. So he can't mm-hmm. see his dad here. But maybe he'll see his dad later using this key. I don't know. Might. Yeah. We, I also like that the painting where Bodhi found the key was of this great, great grandpa. Mm-hmm. It was in his hand. And uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Good. Fun, fun little spots where all these keys are, are hidden and mm-hmm. um, thought that was fun. So now that we have two more keys, this episode, which one would you now want the most? I still want the anywhere key. Yeah. I think me too. I mean, I'm, I'd be really tempted. It's between the anywhere key, the head key and the ghost key. But, um, I'd really, really love to do the head key. So maybe if we could both get one and we could trade off every once in a while. Yeah. I still, 
I would at least want to do it one time just for <laughs> but the But if you fun had to it, choose but... just one, I yeah. do think I would still pick the anywhere key, but then I'd, I'd be kind of bummed that I didn't get to try the head key. I know. I'd be like, well, can I try each of them out and see which one is cooler <laughs> before I, I like have to best. choose? Yeah. Because if you, yeah, if you're going to have to be stuck with one for all time and this is the only one that you're going to get, it would have to be the anywhere key. But I definitely want to yeah. try the ghost key. I definitely would want to try the head key probably at least a couple of times and straighten some shit out in there. <laughs> I might. Yeah, I might just pick the head key, though. I don't know. It'd be really tempting. That would be give like a whole other um, view of living inside your head. Because <laughs> that's probably all I do. I just feel like I'm just going to sit here on my bed with the key in the back of my head, and I'm just going to live in my head. I mean, it probably would um, be in my best interest to just take the anywhere key and not mess around with my head. But I would mm -hmm. be tempted to mess around in there. <laughs> I would totally be messing around in there. Probably make it worse than what it is. Yeah, I know. just 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 give me the anywhere key. I yeah, just let me go, go anywhere in, in the world. Kill my anxiety and. Yeah. And I'd be a total asshole or something. <laughs> yeah. Kill my, my anxiety. That would be top of my list. <laughs> anyway, what is your number two? I don't know. What is it? Um, it was the ghost key and all about that. So oh, okay. We talk cool. We well, what's your number one? Number one is the well lady and the flame key. All right. And so... We see her still being a glutton, stuffing her face with a powdered donut that she's for sure not going to pay for. Nope. <laughs> Which I love. And she's looking up this house on the internet with some stranger's computer. Hey, it's my computer. Did she kiss him? Thank yes. you. Yes. <laughs> she just does whatever the fuck she wants. I love and, it. And then it turns out she was doing that, of course, so she could see this place and then use the key to go there. And it turns out I figured out, you know, after thinking about it for a second, that it's the house that we saw in the first episode mm -hmm. where this guy, Mark Cho, we now know his name, burned himself up with the flame key. And uh, later when we see Nina looking through Rendell's old yearbook, we see that guy, Mark Cho. We see all these friends of Rendell who for some reason are all together in the yearbook, not in alphabetical order. Um, we see Rendell, we see Aaron Voss, who I don't know if we've heard before. But mm -mm. I think she's one of the friends. We see Ellie, who we've met. She's become friends with uh, Nina, and she's Rufus's dad. And we see Lucas, her boyfriend, Lucas Caravaggio, who apparently drowned, although she's, like, calling for him in the well. So mm -hmm. now I'm wondering, what does she remember, and what the hell is going on? <laughs> no kidding. <laughs> right? Um, and then we see the book stamped with a bunch of Omega. Right? I think it's an Omega symbol from the Greek alphabet. Yeah, that's it, yeah, pretty sure. She she remembers that Sam Lesser had an Omega tattoo when he killed Rendell. So there's all the this mysterious stuff going on that I hope we're going to find out at least some of it by the end of the season. But anyway, back at Mark's house, uh, she's looking through that safe. So she's trying to find the flame key, and it turns out this kid is outside wearing it around his neck. So that was a bit of a um, lucky coincidence. But I guess those kids rummage through that place. Or something, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, I think uh, and 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 I guess the kids, uh, the key survived, which I don't know if that was Mark's intention, but 
it did survive and she was there. So she's trying to just gather as many of these keys as she can for whatever reason that we don't know yet. And we saw her kill the kid, push him into the subway, which I thought was very Stephen King. It reminded me of uh, the Dark yeah. Tower. <laughs> yeah. Well, it makes sense. His That's his, his prodigy that has <laughs> written, yeah, right. yeah. Um, written the material. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, that escalated quickly. Mm-hmm. That escalated quickly. I was not expecting that. She's so. yeah. She's not a good person. No, no, and I think that's for the we're supposed it. to. Yeah, I think that's what we're supposed to be reminded of. You know, because I feel like we're only getting that in pieces. But it's just like another reminder. You know, it just seems like oh, she's mm-hmm. you know yeah, she's doing a dine and dash and she's stealing clothes and you know just kind of doing whatever the hell she wants without any consequences. Um, and while that's not a good thing. Um, this is when you really again get oh yeah she's really bad (laughs) i mean yeah she choked that dude to death last week and Mm -hmm. i don't know the way they're presenting her maybe it's right for the tone of the series but it 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 feels like oh yeah that's horrible but it still has a certain um bluntness to it or not bluntness but it doesn't seem as intense as i feel like it should for some reason i don't know why like she just pushed a innocent little kid in front of a subway train and I thought it was horrible, but it still felt like I'm watching a, a kid's show for some reason. Yeah. Maybe that's why they decided to be so extreme about that was because it is kind of light, but we're just, you know, we have to, we have to go that far, um, to, to remind you because so much of it does seem kind of light that you have to be reminded. I don't know, but it was, it was shocking. Anyway, now she, yeah, it was a little shocking. <laughs> <laughs> I was very shocked. I was like, it, it oh was shit, bad. that was yeah, yeah. a kid yeah. just. And then she's like, anybody else? And then the other kids run away. It felt like it, she was in a, a Steven Spielberg movie to me and then did a really shocking thing. Hmm. I don't know. Something weird about it. I'm still very intrigued by her. Yeah. I'm still very intrigued by her though. I I thought it was, you know, just when she's like, you know, you show me yours, I'll show you mine. Um, (laughs) You know, she's a very intriguing character and I, I like her wardrobe. I, I think she stole some things out of my closet. She dresses exactly. (laughs) Really? That's that's funny. Yeah. Cool. Good boots. I swear I have those boots in my closet. It was was really nice. Yeah, I'm intrigued by her. She's actually that that was actually my number one um as well. Is of course I'm I'm still calling her Echo at this point after what what Bodhi calls her, but I know that there, I, I feel like she's got some different names, but that's who I'm still referring to her. Um I like when she's typing on the PC. You see how she's kind of like just doing the one finger thing and I think kind of you wonder how long she was locked in that well house. I guess pre yeah. PC days, you know, she's clearly not well versed with computers. She's it. Yeah, mm-hmm. so she's doing the one finger typing. Maybe it's because she's a bit one dimensional right now. That's, and I'd like to feel like there's something deeper to her, and then it will move me more. The things that she's doing right now, it feels like when I used to, I used to um, write short stories in school. I was in a writing program and they were pretty 
bad. And I tried to make a villain one time and I just had him doing bad things, do bad things. And then everyone was scared of him, but he wasn't really a person. He was just this kind of caricature, you know? So she feels, she is, I love the way the the woman is playing it, but I just, I guess I want some more um, color on what she's all, what her motivations are and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. You're right. She is, she is a little one dimensional. So Mm -hmm. I hope, hope so far. Okay. Yeah. So far I hope, yeah, we're only three episodes in. We might get more of her and maybe they'll flesh her out a little bit more. Um, but I, I'm, I don't know, maybe they're intentionally trying to make her a little mysterious. I mean, she is a mysterious yeah, character. That's so true. Good maybe, point. Maybe that's why. Um, yeah. And I don't need to, yeah, I'm not feeling like super impatient for all these mysteries to be solved. I think they're, they're doing a lot of things that I'm feeling really satisfied with. So I'm not like, hurry up and tell us everything. I'm having fun watching her on her little adventures as she, you know. Yeah, that I am too. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's a fun part. <laughs> totally. I, I'm like, well, if I can't do it, I'm going to watch someone else do it. You know, <laughs> steal, steal some clothes and some jewels and... <laughs> Push some kids in front of subways. Push, pushing kids in front of the subways, <laughs> those annoying brats. Off you go. Right. How dare you question my motives? Give me the damn key. Right. Off Anyone, your head. Any other <laughs> kids want to question my motives? Yeah. Line no. up. <laughs> Living the dream. Anyway. <laughs> give me another donut. So, yeah. Give me another donut and a big old kiss. Mwah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> anyway that was really good do you have any notes yeah a few um first off i really like band of horses and i was disappointed that they were mentioned and as far as i remember anyway there was no band of horses music mm-hmm. man they should have put some in at the end or something um let's see at the hockey game jackie the girl that Tyler likes invited Kinsey to sit with her and Eden. And I thought that was really nice. And I'm like, she's nice too. There's lots of nice kids in the show. Scott, Bodie, Kinsey's pretty nice. Jackie. (laughs) I like that. They don't all have to be jerks. Um, What else at the hockey game? There was that moment where the guy from the other team really checked this guy hard. And they said that was Chad Garland's all-star Dick Wad. I'm like, I bet we're going to see him again. Like conflict between him and Tyler, probably. Yeah, probably another one. We see that Logan has, that was Logan, right? That had two prosthetic legs. Yep. Did we know that before? I didn't notice. Well, I mean, you didn't notice after he keyed Javi's car and he's standing. I mean, he's, that's a full body shot like Tyler's kind of standing out from the entrance of the school as he's walking out to the parking lot and we see Logan keying Javi's car and I mean he's wearing they're not short shorts but they've got cut off jeans maybe to his knees uh-huh. and you can clearly see he has prosthetic legs but I mean sometimes I'm not very that. observant <laughs> <laughs> I totally didn't notice that because when I saw it this time I'm like oh it makes sense why he keyed that car now <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> Um, so we see that, yeah, Nina is presumably an alcoholic and she's sober now. Mm-hmm. So we got confirmation mm-hmm. of that. I wonder if she'll relapse. Um, I think it's pretty good that Nina, she's held it together knowing that yeah, she's lost her husband. After, and through all going this. Through, yeah. So right. that's good. 
Nina um, with Ellie, he she mentions Bodie's hanging out with his scary imaginary friend in the well house, and she's like looking worried. And then she goes to the well and calls for Lucas, Lucas. And so I'm like, what the fuck is going on? And shouldn't you be like telling if you do remember stuff? Well, I don't know. I I was like, shouldn't she be telling Nina some of this? But then maybe she would just sound crazy. I don't know. And she had a key. She had the key to the well house. And and they made a point. They they I mean they made sure that you saw that when she um because Bodie had to squeeze in through um uh, through the bars bars or whatever yeah he had to and Kinsey and Luke um am I gonna say Lucas what the hell that's not that's who Ellie went to go look for um Tyler (laughs) they couldn't get through there but uh, Bodie squeezed through the bars um okay she had a key and actually opened it and then she took that key as she started to look down the well and she they focused on her hand putting that key down and then when her hand moved away you could see the key it looked like it was hard for me to make i didn't pause it it was a little dark so i don't know exactly what was supposed to be on there but it kind of looked like it was almost like the top of a well um like it was in this circle and it kind of like um like oh well that must be the well key yeah it just could have been a regular key but now i'm questioning because last time you know she was telling nina about them their friends having drowned and her boyfriend drowned and I thought, well, maybe if there was something supernatural that happened, maybe she's like Duncan and she forgot it. But now I'm like, oh, well, she's calling for Lucas down this well. So does she actually remember stuff and she's not being straightforward with Nina or what's going on? Mm-hmm. Well, it seems like at least we so we met Ellie and she was a part of the, that tight group of yeah. Rendles that all hung together. And Mark. Cho, who is the one that um, stabbed himself with that fire key, um, he had a key. So he had a key. It looks like Ellie's got a key. Who else of their friends that are that were that survived? I guess could they also have keys? Yeah, I mean, and- Rendell had at least the anywhere key. Well, he it was in a bracelet that he gave to to uh, Kinsey Mm -hmm. and they're asking like Bodie and Tyler are asking the same kind of questions that we're asking why didn't dad show us the keys maybe he forgot like mom forgets or maybe he didn't want us using them but great grandpa said they had fun with them so um and then one of them's like why did he hate this place so much so they're all kind of wondering the same kind of things that we're wondering Mm -hmm. is that all your notes that's all I got yeah sorry okay (laughs) The only other notes, we covered a lot of my notes uh, as we were talking, but one one thing that I did want to notice, I I guess it's kind of like an Easter egg, um, and that was you were talking earlier about the yearbook. Um, there, the yearbook quotes, I don't, I didn't get all of them, but there was some really great detail while Nina was going through Rendell's yearbook and mm-hmm. there were quotes next to their pictures, um, in the yearbook, she was, uh, looking at them. So you mentioned Aaron Voss, which we haven't met yet. Um, but she had a, a mother Teresa quote that had to do with echoes. Um, mm. Rendell's is about Peter Pan which we know Peter Pan was a boy who could fly and never grew mm-hmm. up. And Ellie, that ghost totally reminded me of Peter Pan, the ghost scene. Yeah, totally. Um, Ellie's was an Oscar Wilde quote about keeping love in your heart. Um, Lucas's is from Metallica, which was life is ours. We live it our way, which so kind of a punk kind of a quote. 
Yeah, a little selfish, maybe. Rebel, maybe, yeah. Yeah. And then Mark chose is a Darth Vader quote about faith. (laughs) (laughs) Interesting. So I didn't get all of them, but that that was what I got so far. Um, So I don't know. Maybe that means something. I feel like Mm -hmm. it has to mean something. I feel like they're probably good about details like that. Yeah. At least, yeah, it's indicative of their personalities. Right. <clears throat> okay. Well, that was really great. Good, good top five and good, good notes. That was a really good episode. So yeah, it was. This is my favorite episode so far. I really oh, good. Loved it. Yeah. Oh, good. That that I'm so happy to hear that. I know that you were kind of unsure in those first couple and mm-hmm. weren't quite sure what to you know where where it was going or what your thoughts were. But I'm glad that you really like this one. I hope that um, continues for both of us. I know. I mean, I was talking to uh, Karen. She, one of the listeners, about it, and she's seen them all. And she wasn't being spoilery, but we were talking about the sort of WB-ness of it or um, Dawson's Creekness of it. And I think I can glean that it maybe goes a little bit in that direction for a while. So I'm kind of getting ready for that. But then by the end, it's more interesting. So I don't know if that's exactly right, but that's kind of what I'm getting myself ready for. Hmm. <laughs> All right. Well, with that being said, um, I do have one item for the news um, this week. So this is from Screen Rant. So Lock and Key is about to unlock some new potential with a crossover that was just announced with the Sandman universe, um, courtesy of DC Comics and IDW Publishing. The comic book is officially called Lock and Key, Hell and Gone, and will be written by Lock and Key team Joe Hill and Gabriel Rodriguez. Um, There was a promotional video that was teasing the new crossover that was shared on several social media platforms. So if you go out there and look for it, I'm sure that you'll find it. So Lock and Key was first published in 2008 by Hill and Rodriguez, which of course, um, as we're watching the story, and if you've read the comics, the story follows the Lock Lock family as they unlock the secrets of Key House after they're forced to move into the ancient mansion following the death of their patriarch. Uh, Once there, they begin to discover keys with magical abilities. The Sandman was first published in 1988 by Neil Gaiman, and it features a rotating team of artists, which include the likes of Sam Keith, Jill Thompson, Dave McKean, and many more. The sprawling story centers on the Morpheus, the embodiment of dream, as he reclaims both his power and realm after decades in captivity. So the announcement of the crossover is excellent news for fans of either series with Lock and Key, gaining more fans to its Netflix series and the Sandman itself awaiting its own Netflix adaptation. I think this is really cool. I, I never got into Sandman and uh, Neil Gaiman for me, he's good, but it doesn't totally feel like my thing. He's really into um, kind of fairy tale type things with the dark darkness to it or um, myth and things like that. And I like him, but I just never felt drawn in to go and read all of those. But even even so, I still think this is really cool. And I think these two universes will probably mesh really well together. Yeah. Have you read any of those, Sandman? I, I have not read the Sandman, but I, mm. I feel like I need to because I... I have not read everything of Neil Gaiman, but you know, I did, I was a huge fan of American Gods. Me too. The first season. Yeah. Yeah. So, so there's that. (laughs) Yeah. There, that was just absolutely brilliant. And what they were able to portray on screen, um, was amazing. And I mean, you want to talk some, some stuff, you know, we were talking about Legion and (laughs) how it was kind of trippy. Go watch season one of American Gods people. Right. (laughs) 
But anyway, <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm a big fan of that, and I've heard really great things. There's lots of people um, in the in the Patreon Facebook group that are really big um, stoked, yeah, yeah, super stoked and excited about that, and have good things to say about the Sandman series. So I don't know. Um, I think it would be interesting to try and pick that up before um, they do the adaptation, um, and at least try it. Mm-hmm. It's long. I think there's many, many issues. Oh, is it? Oh. Um, but it's a whole bunch of different stories, you know. Hmm. Yeah, it'd be worth checking out. I'd be curious to see what you think. Maybe I'll get try to get back into it too. Yeah, I think. But I'm definitely is. getting this lock and key one. Oh yeah, yeah. Definitely. Anything that comes out with that, I always pick it up. Yep, absolutely. I'm I'm definitely digging the comics as I'm going through them. They're just so so good. Good. Um, Really, really digging those. Okay. Well, that was the only item I had that was not spoil spoilery that would ruin the entire um, season for me that I was able to find this week. So um, <laughs> it is so hard when you do a Netflix show because everything's out within like two days. We're like, okay, here's the series so far. And you're like, no. I know. With headlines about what do you think of this thing that happened in the finale? Yeah. They're like, oh, let's talk about, you know, all the, the show. And it's like, no, I can't talk. I just let's talk about this episode <laughs> not, not that whole show i haven't finished um so yeah it's hard but anyway so that's the only item that i have now we will go into our listener feedback our listener responses do you want to take that first one for me sure jennifer dryman hollander right jennifer says <laughs> we watched it last night and i finally listened to your first two podcasts this morning i was feeling a tad lost on a couple things and you guys helped explain them i'm with jason it feels a little like lost because i feel like i already have so many questions and i don't trust that they'll all be answered hope that's not the case i'm wondering if the dad's many versions of the fisherman bedtime story is going to relate to what happened to his friends as teenagers. Ooh, interesting. Maybe he doesn't remember and it comes back to him differently each time he does have some memories or he does remember and he's preparing his kids in some ways about the keys. Love the magic of the keys and I can't wait to see what they all do. Well, you know, I, I, I can't remember if I said this exactly, but as I was um, reading the story in the comics, I felt like, oh, this is like lost because they're bringing up a lot of mysteries but unlike lost by the end of the story of the comics i was totally satisfied with the way they laid it out and i thought this is how you do this kind of a thing so hopefully the show will deliver in that same way i hope so hope they got it covered (laughs) that was great um next one we have is from doug fick he says well just when you thought this was a little edgier than the wizards of waverly place streaming now in disney plus (laughs) echo throws in the effed up move uh by shoving the rando kid under the subway train how frosty how did this kid get the key however um but then we go right back to teen drama after tyler pulls a daniel russo gets into a fight after the game and gets suspended from the team however the comment to lesser about killing his dad cannot be the reason it happened the keys are tyler may just think it was and inside kinsey's head is a shopping mall seriously (laughs) i bet a man wrote this episode (laughs) how sexist and stereotypical on behalf of rima joe i am offended (laughs) I think, yeah, my probably my headspace is more likely to be a mall than Rima's. <laughs> An Apple store, anyway. Oh, that's for sure. <laughs> oh, 
He goes on, but then it gets dark again with the fear monster. Did not see that coming. But then it gets cliche again with the mom being a recovering al- alcoholic. Then back to silly uh, with Bodie being Casper the ghost. Apparently no flying lessons needed. But then we get a sweet moment with Tyler and Bodie and the stars on his walls and a tie-in from the dad to Lesser with the Omega symbol. And finally, a pretty badass moment with Kinsey facing her fear monster, fucking it up and burying it in the woods. This show is quite back and forth for me. I'm in a glass case of emotion. <laughs> Looking forward to the discussions question what would the inside of your heads look like an apple store (laughs) so minimalist and clean and efficient yeah with lots of gadgets everywhere lots of gadgets and and a bunch of zombie versions of me staring into screens (laughs) (laughs) numbing the pain <laughs> I feel like there'd be a version of you in a corner with your VR, and then there's another yeah. version over on like your iPad. And <laughs> right. that was very well written, Doug. I like your writing. Yeah, good job, Doug. Lindsay Schlicht says, "Still feeling pretty CW to me, but then we throw kids off subway platforms and have other kids flashing back to telling their dad's murderer to kill their dad, and it feels darker." Then we have glittery Bodie ghosts floating around to Harry Potter music, and I feel like I'm watching a kid's show again. Just can't figure this one out. It's definitely the keys themselves that remain the point of interest in the show. The head key is super cool. I think my control freak OCD head key would be just like Kinsey's. The jumping around from memory to memory, thought to thought, also makes me think very much of the chaos of the teenage girl brain. Bodie saying, I'm floating, was too funny. Kinsey bearing her fear monster was creepy and probably a bad idea, judging by the well lady's pleased expression. Oh, yeah. She's like, oh, boy. Get the popcorn. <laughs> yeah. Um, next one is from Pake Allen. He says, another great episode. Love the way they did the head key. Their own little worlds is a really cool idea. And anyone complaining complaining about it not being dark enough echo straight up murdered the shit out of that little boy at the beginning of the episode without batting an eye and kenzie's fear was actually pretty damn creepy random side thought it's crazy how much amelia jones and jackson robert scott kenzie and Bodie look alike they could seriously pass for siblings it's pretty wild only complaint i had was the ghost Bodie cgi was rough they could have really done better with that but they probably blew the vfx budget with kenzie's brain mall yeah, I agree, Paik. This one was plenty dark. And, and I actually like the shifts in tone because it feels like these kids are sweet and big hearted and they've been through a trauma and there's some scary things. But you to get all of that, you need to have the different, you know, colors of their lives, how their lives are and everything. Yeah. <laughs> Um, We actually have a couple of voicemails to get to, but before we get too far into the um, voicemails, um, we do have a few other pieces of feedback, which I, you don't have a copy of Jason because I'm getting on Facebook to get them. I I asked every, do you have it up? Okay. So you had a really good idea. I printed it out. Sorry. Printed it. Hopefully it'll be the same as yours. I hope so. <laughs> I just have I just haven't pulled up on my app, so let's hope. So you had a really good idea to um, kind of do a quick poll with our listeners um, before we recorded tonight and ask the question if uh, we used the head key on you and went inside into your headspace, listener, what would we see? Um, the first one we have from Greg Schwab says, 
He says, video games, books, comic books, family, friends, military. I feel like my brain room would look like an attic or basement and there are boxes everywhere. And the ones I think about just appear instead of having to go through each one to discover the contents, which I've done several times and the memories just flow out. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it's three hours later and I haven't found what I was initially looking for. <laughs> It's funny. Pake says TV shows and podcasts on constant stream and a room full of wrestling matches going on. (laughs) That's great. Steve Brown says you would see head games and other 80s music. (laughs) Head games. Uh, Jenny Shute says it would be a trivia show with only questions about useless things you don't know why you know. Like the loose skin on your elbow is called a weenus and apple seeds contain cyanide. (laughs) (laughs) Gosh, I love that. I feel like I, I, there's probably a part of my brain if you find yourself in that part of the maze you're going to stumble upon that a bunch of useless trivia information mm-hmm. um and then a big pop culture section yeah um lindsey schlick says dogs tattoo ideas rage lol <laughs> if we got doug he says if it was high school untimely never mind <laughs> <laughs> maybe we don't want to go there mm-hmm. um that was really great, guys. Some really great feedback there. And as I mentioned, we do have some really great voicemails. Can't wait to listen to these. You guys oh, never disappoint. Um, the first one that we have is from Greg. Hey, Rima and Jason. Uh, this is Greg about uh, Head Games, the third episode in Log Key. Uh, got just a few points. Um, so, one, I don't think there's really any question anymore about uh, Echo being a villain or a bad person or having no, no moral uh, compunction uh, straight up throwing a kid in front of a subway train uh, like that, that pretty much puts you in the bad column every time <laughs> uh, I thought it was interesting that she was she was able to look up Mark Cho I'm assuming that Mark Cho is the, the guy uh, that at the beginning of the of the the series who fired himself but then obviously the key survived now she's got those two um and then she's obviously looking for the head key um uh, i thought that uh we really really went dark uh, especially in kenzie's head even though it was a bright mall i mean the end of the episode where she is dragging and burying the body of her fear um like that's that's a pretty heavy concept and uh, is very, there's very a, much a, a Stranger Things vibe uh, from, from that scene. Um, and then I, I feel like there might be something similar with that when Tyler gets the head key and he has his anger. Uh, like, I don't know how you murder your anger, but uh, it might end up being a pretty fair fight, especially if you can be hurt in your own head or in someone else's head or something. Anyway, I'll go ahead and cut this off. Uh, look forward to hearing the podcast. And all right, have a good one. Bye. I guess it's a little bit like that Pixar movie. What was it? Inside or something? Inside? Inside Out, maybe? Inside Out. Yeah. yeah. It's your emotions in there. Just yeah. I didn't. one out and kill I- it. Oh, that's so... (laughs) The little cartoon. Not nice. (laughs) nice. Yeah, Tyler goes in his head and it's that little red (laughs) guy. 
<laughs> Lewis Black, I think. <laughs> <laughs> that's appropriate. <laughs> I didn't actually watch the movie. I, I only that's saw. Who voiced it. It's uh, well, it's totally appropriate. Lewis Black's like the angriest right. comic. <laughs> He's totally hilarious. Anyway, that was great. Thanks, Greg. Um, Thanks, Greg. Next call we have is from our good friend Anwen from New Zealand. Hi, guys. Well, you know, in New Zealand, we are a British colony. And in some ways we've moved on, but some things we have kept. And one of those things is scones. You can't go into a cafe or a bakery in New Zealand without a good variety of scones available. There's the plain scone, which is really good with uh, jam and cream. And that's sometimes called a Devonshire tea. Then there's the date scone, which is your plain scone with dates in it. And then there is the very, very popular cheese scone. And that is the scone with heaps of cheese in, baked into it, but also cheese on the top of it. And all of these scones are really good, heated up with heaps of butter on it. The cheese scone is also quite good with a little bit of marmite. Sometimes people like to mix it up and have the cheese scone with some butter and jam. And if you really want to give your cheese scones a bit of a kick when you bake them, you can put a little bit of cayenne pepper or chili pepper in them and it just really intensifies the flavour of the cheese. So you're both invited to come over to my house in New Zealand and have some scones anytime you like. Bye. I've got this Anywhere key right here, so I'll come over to your place and then we'll head off to New Zealand. Yeah, can you swing by here, pick me up first, and then we can both hop over to New Zealand and visit Anwen. I would love that. Hello, like Lenny and Squiggy popping through her door. Yeah, hello. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. well, have you ever had an American scone, Anwen? Because they're not as good. And I'd be curious to know if, at least in my opinion, they're fine, but they're big and dry. And I think, yeah, British slash New Zealand scones are probably better. Yeah, she's made me very hungry. Me too, I know. Wishing I had a really good genuine scone the way that they're supposed to be made. Like you said, I don't think that the Americanized version is that bad, but I just feel like we we probably just don't get it quite right. Well, you know, have you ever had a bacon, egg, and cheese biscuit at McDonald's? Yeah. Um. The scones I had in England were not quite exactly like that, but more like that than the scones you get here. A huh. little fluffier and rounder. See, that sounds amazing. <laughs> That's exactly what I want it to be. But here we don't have that. Unless there's like a, a like a genuine like bakery that like, hey, we have the real thing come here. Um, yeah, someone send one to me. Up. Yeah, San Francisco has everything. I need to find it. Yeah, there's got to be a great patisserie that would have like what a genuine scone, what it should be, not what we're used to with the Americanized version. And I'm not, I'm not a big fan of them just because they are so dry. Yeah. So it's like eating a big thing of sawdust. So what if we did a podcast on uh, Great British Bake Off? What would we say? That'd be pretty fun, wouldn't it? It's good. Talk about who we like and what we'd want to eat the most. I, I would love to do that. I love that you show. I'm absolutely that. obsessed. It's on Netflix. Yeah. I can sub in again. <laughs> yeah. I don't. Well, yeah. I mean, I don't know. I don't. I don't think I can get Sean into it at all. So it'd be I, interesting I, to try to podcast about a show like that. <laughs> I think it will. You know what? You, you got to try it, right? We. You know, it might fail. It might suck. I don't know. But at least you can say you tried. We had a lot of people in the group that you know when we this last season when the great. 
British Bake Off was on, we had quite a participation level, you know, yeah. in the group alone. We might even be able to interview some of them. Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> That'd be cool. Oh my gosh. I would so fangirl on some of those guys. Oh my gosh. If I got, if I got to talk to even just Paul Hollywood too. <laughs> right. We could Get a Skype handshake. With them and have them stare at us. Yeah. I want a handshake. <laughs> and then I'll cry. Gotta bake something. Oh, no. I can't take the pressure. It can't be bread week. Anything but bread week. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, sorry. We digress. Yeah. Got talking about food. This is, we, we have to steer steer from food because that, that just totally gets my brain off track. I'm all about food. Put some food in front of me. I'm a happy girl. Um, the next phone call that we have is from our good friend, Steve Brown. It's my head. I'll know. <laughs> hey, hey, Jason and Rima, it's Steve. This is for Head Games. Head Games! <laughs> that old foreigner song. Anyway, um, I just, uh, I love, I noticed something and I went back and, and rewatched the beginnings of the first two episodes uh, because there's an image of the key going into Bodhi's head just before the lock and key title card appears. Uh, so I went back and looked, but the first two episodes just had Key House. There, so I don't know if that's going to be a running thing. Maybe each episode will have a different key or something. We'll see. But uh, I, I did leave uh, some feedback on the feedback, feedback, what <sighs> feedback on the <laughs> Facebook page uh, when I initially first watched this episode. So I hope uh, you guys have have read that already. But uh, that opening is just uh, crazy. I, I love that they they solved. Or didn't solve, but they resolved the whole Bodie's head thing pretty quickly. They went to the toy chest. They saw, he says, oh, that's my Glee, and I know, and all this. So that was really cool. I think it was cool that that there was a different way for Kenzie to get into her head. And I would assume everybody's got a different way that you get into their, their head. And uh, Tyler, you know, that was an interesting memory he had of of his dad and but also the memory of Sam Lesser, his his dad telling him that real dark story, but then him, uh, Tyler making that statement to to Sam about kill my dad when you do, that I wonder if he's harboring some guilt on that, and of course that ending with Kinsey going in and getting her fear or uh, whatever that uh, manifestation was, and then killing it or dragging it out of her her head, killing it and burying it. I wonder if it's gonna. Uh, come back again okay can't wait to hear what you guys thought talk to you later awesome. my prediction is it will come back because they made a point of showing it wriggling around yeah we'll see that's my thoughts on it too but i don't know anything um but i feel like it, it too easy too easy <laughs> um Okay, really great feedback, guys. We've gotten some really great feedback these last couple of weeks. So I, keep it coming, guys. Um, more voicemails, more um, Facebook feedback. If you guys want to email us, um, I want it all. So thanks, everyone, for participating. Appreciate it. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. Okay, so the next part of the podcast is our comic talk portion. So um, if you guys don't want to hear about anything from the comics, or if you do and don't care about that, then keep listening. But here is your last chance to skip ahead um, a couple minutes while we kind of dive into a little bit of comic talk. So 
I know that you mentioned before you 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 had read them once a long time ago, but you didn't do like a, a it's not a rewatch, I guess a reread um, of the comics. So what what do you remember, or do you have any thoughts about this episode in comparison to the differences in the comic? I mean, one thing that really stands out is the whole head key thing and Mm -hmm. how, like I talked about last week, you stick the key in your head and it opens up like a cookie jar and you can, but when you look inside, we didn't mention this last time, but you see uh, not like a brain or anything like that. You see like objects, but they're miniatures, if I remember right. And you can put things in or take things out. Like you can take a memory out or you could take a memory out of your head and put it in somebody else's and then they'll have it or something like that. Um, but uh, yeah, um, I guess Kinsey takes out her fear, right? Mm-hmm. And and I don't remember what it was in the form of. Do you? It didn't look, it just looked like this tiny little like miniature creature. It didn't really look okay. like Kinsey, but it was like just like this little her. dark but little she just creature. Knew. Yeah, she knew and she plucked it right out and stuck it in a jar and kept it like yeah. by her bedside. Okay. So I, you know. When I saw Bodhi open that chest, my first thought was, ah, oh, they're ruining it. This is, <laughs> I love this part and they're ruining it. Um, but then I realized, well, half or more of what I like about the concept isn't just the physical way that they did it in the comic, but just the idea of getting to go inside your own headspace and see what's there and change things and see how it affects you. So they're still holding on to that. And then I started to think too, well, the way they're doing it in the show where you actually fully go into the memories or you fully go into this whole uh, environment of your headspace, it makes it a little more um, scary, like especially when you have to fight your own fear and it's this rah, snarling thing. So there's definitely uh, an upside to the way they're doing it in the show. And I, I'm starting to think maybe it wasn't just because of the limitations of the graphics or whatever that they actually thought it would be more, um, I don't know, more scary and bigger to do it this way you know and get to actually explore a space and stuff like that mm-hmm. so it's cool I, I think it's it's good it would have been fun to see it like in the comics but i actually think it's probably better the way they're doing it in the show do you want to hear what carlton cuse had to say about why they changed oh, things yeah. up for the tv show yeah. so he says um, when they asked him about the differences he says we identified that early on as one of the biggest challenges because gabriel had drawn this incredible splash panel with Bodhi's head and in a comic you literally can open someone's head like the hood of a car and look inside and that just felt really gruesome and impossible to do in a television show so we had to figure out how to translate that and so we came up with this idea that we would have these doors that would lead into a sort of um, metaphorical interpretation of what each character's head looked like inside Um, And he said, with Kinsey's head scene, he said it was influenced by one of your favorite movies, Ha Ha Jason, um, Christopher Nolan's Inception. (laughs) He he says for Bodhi, yeah, he says for Bodhi, um, it was derived in a large part of what Gabriel had drawn. It was an environment full of video games, toys, and bouncy things, and arcade. And for Kinsey, um, we came up with this weird mall, in part, I think. Um, because they were inspired by Inception, which was a movie about worlds within worlds, worlds of thought worlds, that kind of thing. Um, he said, I think particularly the up-tilt shot in the mall was a very clear homage to Inception with the upside-down escalators. Hmm. Well, I, it sounds like then they actually did do it this way just because they didn't think they could make it look 
right. Or he said it was too gruesome and impossible. So I guess they just didn't think they could do it justice or that it would look right. But even so, even so, I still think there's upsides to having it be an an environment that you can physically go in and explore and Mm -hmm. versus just reaching into a head and pulling out little miniatures. Although I did love that from the comic, but either way, both, both ways, they still get a lot of the upside of getting to like physically interact with their sort of psychological concepts and things I agree. like that. I agree. So, I think it I like works it. for the for the screen for sure. Mm-hmm. And and I, I I was worried and I thought I was going to be disappointed because I really when you see it in the comic, you know, with their head like the top of their head looks like they're going to have brain surgery. Like somebody just like <laughs> completely removed the top of their skull. But it's like a dollhouse or something. You you see yeah, like they. And I think that would be kind of hard because everything would then kind of be in miniature. And so maybe everything being in miniature maybe wouldn't translate as well. Kind of like with Kinsey's fear is miniature. Like she just kind of reaches in or like they they still have the thing like where um, they're kind of outside of themselves, you know, like they're sitting there and looking into their brain. Yeah. So there's kind of still that part of where you're kind of like outside of yourself um, and visiting your brain. So that's when Kinsey kind of looks into her own brain and plucks her fear out. And it's this little miniature and she can plop into a jar I, I feel like that maybe wouldn't translate as well you know actually looking into someone's head and seeing all these little little miniatures it actually becomes more vibrant and um, yeah more real um mm-hmm. the way that they're like doing it's it on more the it's much scarier for instead of plucking a little creature out of her head for her to have to go and grab grab this thing that's her same mm-hmm. size and that's growling at her and whack it and bury it yeah, totally. Yeah, I think I think they did a pretty good job. I was worried, but yeah. um, I think they're handling it really well. So what about the ghost key? I don't remember all that much about that. Um, it seems like Bodhi, maybe this comes later where he's like trapped somewhere away from his body. I'm probably giving stuff away. But anyways, what about what we've seen so far? Anything else stand out that's different? I was thinking about that and... There's probably someone screaming at me right now um, as as they're listening. <laughs> Sorry, I put you on the spot. No, it's okay. No, I I, I thought he about like it. He looked like Casper in the book. I remember. Yeah, he it looked of. a little. I mean, he looked like himself, but himself, he but kind of like transparent. You know, yeah, and yeah. it kind of had this, yeah, kind of this Casper esque effect. So I feel like it, it was pretty true <laughs> to that. You know, like I said, when when. Um, he steps through like, and I love how they kind of show it in a slow kind of motion when he, after he opens the door and his foot starts to go through and it's like really slow. And then all of a sudden there's this really quick transition where his ghost self and then his body just plop. I mean, I feel like that was, yeah, just, that was like for me plucked right out of the comics. So for me, that was the same and it's exactly what I expected. And I was really excited to see it because I thought that's, that's pretty spot on. Now there were some differences in like there as of yet, like I said, I have not finished the comics yet, but when I first saw the ghost key and Bodhi using it in the comics, he did not visit his grandfather. The grand great grandfather was not, he did not visit a cemetery and did not see the great grandfather. Mm. So that to me was new. Um, now, if that happens later, I know that they're kind of mixing some things. I don't remember that. Yeah, they're, they're, I know that they're mixing things. Like, they're they're plucking, mm-hmm. you know, little pieces out of different parts of the comic. They're not really staying in sync, um, you know, in, in the order of things. Um, so, if that comes later, I'm just not aware of it yet. But for me, it was really great. It was pretty, pretty similar. Um, there, I know there's a lot with Lucas later, and there's 
something mm-hmm. I could say that would really spoil <laughs> a lot. Yeah. So I won't because we're not that far in the comic yet. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I feel like some of that's definitely going to come into play. Yeah. Um, so yeah. You can and see then, by the pictures of him that he mm-hmm. looks the part. <laughs> definitely. Definitely. Um, and I think we've talked a little bit about the differences in Tyler, um, yeah. Tyler's character between how he kind of is being portrayed in the comics and how he's a little bit different in the show. Um, you know, I thought that kind of come, come across a little bit more in this, this episode, but, um, I like, I like the differences. So I, I think that we're kind of seeing a little bit more of a mature Tyler, um, in the show than, than what we saw in the comics, even if he doesn't always use it. Um, I feel like he's still kind of mature beyond his years a little bit. Um, mm. and think they've again, just done a really outstanding job, um, with the casting. And like one of our yeah. listeners mentioned in their, in their feedback, talking about how Kinsey and, and Bodie, I mean, you put them side by side and they look like they're related. I think all three of them look like they're related. Yeah. Um, and they did a great job and I, I, I'm pleased. So, yeah, totally. Um, yep. The only other thing, and this isn't really anything um, specific to the comic or 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 whatever, but um, because I didn't want to mention it when we were talking about uh, some of the other things and talking about how there's differences in the comic versus the show. Um, so I put it here in the comic talk when this to me was almost like a little Easter egg to me. I thought it was like a homage to, because they didn't do the head key like they did in the comic. This scene, I, in my opinion was a reference to that. And when Bodhi, when he's just before he hears the whispering and before, right before he finds the ghost key, he's in the kitchen and he's in the cookie jar and the cookie jar has the lid off of it. I didn't even notice that. Yeah. He's the (laughs) the lids off of it. And then he puts the lid back on. And to me, I was like, that looks like a little reference to because it's <laughs> yeah. exactly what it looks like in the comics kind of it looks Absolutely. like someone literally just lifts up the top of their head like a, a top of a cookie jar <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> so i thought that's their little tribute like okay guys we know that we're not doing this for <laughs> you here's your little you know reference to that. so <laughs> that's, that's what it cool. was for me i don't know if anyone else yep. got the same or um, i'm gonna go back and watch that now <laughs> yeah, I thought it was cute. Yeah. It was just a nice little scene. He's like eyeballing that cookie, like, mm, but all I could see was that cookie <laughs> jar. It's like it's like the head key from the comic. But anyway, lots of fun. Did you have anything else you want to say about the comic? No. Awesome. Okay. Well, so next week. <clears throat> next week we'll be covering episode four of Lock and Key called The Keepers of the Keys. Sporting a new hairdo and attitude, Kinsey takes a chance with Scott by sharing what's going on inside her head. Oh, that could mean anything. <laughs> <laughs> yep. To, like, I'll share, you can share it by going through that revolving door. Tyler tries to impress his crush. I'm sure that'll be fine. I feel like that would be just a good way just to lay it all out on the table. It's like, you, you want to know who I am? Here you go. Right. Pop in the head key and say, here you go. Take, take it take it or leave it <laughs> this is this is who i am um don't mind all the porn over there yeah ignore <laughs> that dark corner behind the curtain over there <laughs> oh gosh got me giggling yeah, not a bad way to go. Anyway, so we're really excited for you to follow us into Key House, but until then you can follow us on Twitter at strange tcast. 
you can like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash stranger cast. And you can check us out on Instagram at strange underscore indeed underscore pod. You can email us at stranger things cast pod at gmail.com. And you can also find us on the TV time app. You can find strange indeed and a bunch of other great podcasts at podcastica.com. Have you left a review for strange indeed on Apple podcasts? Why not? Do you it. should do it now. Do it today. Do it right As now. As Emperor Palpatine would say, "Do it." <laughs> <laughs> that was that was a good Emperor Palpatine. <laughs> and you can he find. Me. Does he inspire you in your everyday? That's good to know. <laughs> um, over to the dark side. Feel bad for your boys. <laughs> um, well, you can find all of Jason's podcasts on Podcastica, such as The Walking Dead cast, which, hey, it's back. It's back. Um, yeah, season 10 is back is back after the hiatus. And uh, if you want to feel really claustrophobic, watch this week's episode where they're in a cave going through some really tight passages. <laughs> and a lot mm-hmm. of listeners are like, they're like, they're skeeved out by it. Like they can't even watch it. <laughs> wow. So you, you guys had a good time on that one, huh? You, it was you and Lucy this week. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. I, I think I mentioned it last week, but Karen's just not into the walking dead anymore. So mm-hmm. I think it's going to be a lot of me and Lucy. She's done. Yeah, I understand. And Lucy's great. Yep. Lucy's fantastic. Yeah. So yeah, go out and check out um, mm-hmm. The Walking Dead cast since The Walking Dead is back with the second half. Um, hoping it's if you guys, a great half. Yeah, and it for people who don't know, Karen and I are still podcasting. We're doing the Jason and Karen show, but you have to be a, a Patreon member. You could just um, sign up for one month if you want and listen to all the ones we've done so far, but it's really fun. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's like... A, Signing up like for like Netflix. <laughs> yeah, I was say sign up for like HBO <laughs> or Showtime, them. binge it for the like the seven day free trial. <laughs> Dump it. <laughs> right. Anyway. <laughs> All right, that's our show. Thanks for listening, everybody. Until next time, I'm Rima. And I'm Jason. And Jennifer Hollander is strange indeed. Is she? Very. <laughs>